Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. is in leadership and team development, so I help business owners and executives hire, lead, and develop teams specifically for success, growth, and well-being at the same time. When being that you're in that kind of sector of, I guess, guidance, coaching, consulting, that kind of sector, I mean, how do you separate yourself or how would you say you separate yourself from other people in that same sector? Yeah, (laughs) there's so many people in the the, under the umbrella of coaching and um, people can get very adamant about what that means. Uh, And so oftentimes I don't even call myself a coach. Um, but what separates me is that I come from many different modalities, right? So my background is as an MBA. I came out in consult, pure straight ahead process and org improvement consulting. So that expertise piece, that consulting piece, sometimes that's what I bring to the table, right? But also in my background uh, in corporate, I did a lot of training. So sometimes I bring training to the background. And my experience with training is make it entertaining, make it engaging, make it experiential, right? So training, consulting, and then coaching, which I learned from an ICF accredited program, IPEC, which means I drank the Kool-Aid and really went for it in terms of understanding what it means to be a coach. Um, That modality is very much about empowering other people. So when I have the permission to really coach someone, when somebody's really ready to get into the right mindset, which is really where the magic happens, then I put on my coach hat and it's, it's, I'm raring to go. So I think what differentiates me is I really try to sit with the person to see what is, what is it they really want here? Do they want the expertise? Do they want some training and to know how to do something? Or are they ready to go full on into the coaching, which is probably the most courageous place to go and really open up and do the work they need to do to, to be a great entrepreneur or a great team leader? How do you how do you know someone's in the right space? Because people say, OK, I'm willing to be coached. I'm willing to hear what you have to say. But there's a difference, I think, from people actually taking in and, and actually listening to what you have to say. So how do you know that someone's actually ready to be coached? Yeah. So it's such a good question. And it's not an easy thing to know. Um, you could get midway and realize that, you know, the person's not, or maybe something has shifted where you have a lot of resistance going on. But I would say that at the very beginning, sitting down with somebody to help them understand what a coach really is, what what is it we're going to be embarking on, right? And ultimately it comes down to, are you ready to be responsible? Are you ready to see that everything in your life is something you're creating? (laughs) Are you ready to go ahead and actually make the changes you need to make and do the things you need to do, whatever it takes to get to the place where you want to go? You've got to have that that motivation, that drive, because the coach will keep will hold you to that motivation, you know, and will ask you the tough questions. But you got to know you're ready. You got to know that you're you're willing to do what it takes. And Usually I can, I can glean that from a, from a conversation with somebody. And sometimes we get started and there's bumps, there's resistance, there's things to get through. But as long as the person is willing to face those things, I think you're okay. And it might take longer than you think to get where you want to go, you know? Well, well, let's rewind. I mean, a young you, a young Andrea, (laughs) were you into like helping other people? Was it about building a business? I mean, what, what, who were you growing up? Yeah. 
Oh boy. Um, young Andrea was a performer and a creative, very much all about entertainment and, um, but also digging deep into why digging deep into wait a minute why am i doing why are we doing this every <laughs> probably to the point of driving everyone nuts and so yeah i mean i was pondering the meaning of life at like you know five years old <laughs> waking up at night just oh why are we here you know so i mean i can get very very deep into things and so i i mean yeah there's there's an element of curiosity there's an element of disruption right not just going along with the going with the flow that is intrinsic in me and i think that's what i carry through in my brand now which is yeah i'm gonna we're gonna you're gonna get challenged if you're working with me if you're not ready for a challenge don't work with me and secondly the minute that you tell me that i'm encouraging on any way in your on your freedom or your authenticity or your fulfillment of what it is you want to do i will back off so i i constantly tear that line of like let's go let's go and then listening back to make sure the person is 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 in harmony right lead with harmony they're in harmony with with their self that they're aligned with with what they want know and do in life so how does i mean we're gonna i guess get to it i mean so you're a young a young woman and you're kind of like assessing why is this why is that so did that take you through the schooling route i mean where did that take you or is it more life experiences i mean where did that take you yeah so i was i was at a very you know college prep sort of high school where everybody was competing on grades and such and here i was just all i wanted to do was sing and write music so I actually went to school for music. My undergrad oh, wow. was in music. Um, I studied jazz at USC and uh, sang. That was that was what I did. And while that may seem, I don't know, ill-advised, <laughs> it actually prepared me for a lot. I mean, and I think that that's one of the things I I try to tell help you know team leaders, people who are hiring. I try to help them understand is don't just look at the resume. I was ready to improvise. I could pull things. I could trade fours with anyone, right? In a, from a business perspective, I had a head on my shoulders. I was ready to jump in and try anything. And I think once I got into the the business world, and people realized that I got you know sort of taken advantage of a little bit because of that music degree. Well, you know, I hit a wall, and so um, I went back for my MBA. Um, again at USC <laughs> to study entrepreneurship, to take advantage of being a student and just get into the consulting world and um, meet a lot of folks in the entertainment industry, which is where I where I came straight out of school um, and just learned a hell of a lot about um, myself. And I was a little bit older going into my, my grad years. So I was like all about the connections and network. And what I learned from that is priceless in terms of building a business. It's all about, you know, building relationships. So was end. your, was your plan like originally to get into music and like have a music career, be a singer? I mean, what were your plans? What plan? Where was plan taking you, I guess? Was I supposed to have a plan? <laughs> I mean, I think that's part of it is a lot of times we're, we're told we need to have a plan at such a young age, you know, and, and, and you're heading into like this investment of college and you got to pick something. And for me, I was just following like, hey, this is what I love. And uh, I, I know that not everybody has that opportunity. It was a privilege to get to go to school and study music the way that I did. It also became a stepping stone for me. I used it to my advantage, but not everybody can, you know. Um, the plan was, yeah, I, I wanted to, to write 
I wanted to really immerse myself in music and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, I still write music. I still record music. I still do all of that. Um, but uh, there's a little bit of lead with harmony is a little bit of a double entendre, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, and I think there's something to continuing to do all the things you love. And as an entrepreneur, I get to create and I get to ask why as a coach. So I, I'm not so out of alignment with, you know, who I am and, um, and really being that creative person. You said that when you joined the business world, right, that yeah. you were taken advantage of because you had that music degree. What do you mean by that? Um, I think that it was like, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to get anywhere with this degree. You know, there, there's okay. certain things where people, and this is exactly what I'm saying is, really be careful about the must-haves in terms of education. Um, people get an education they didn't necessarily do so well in, <laughs> but they have that degree, you know. I mean, you don't know what people know, and you also don't really know necessarily what they're great at, which may or may not be aligned with what they what they studied in school. People a lot of times do the safe, what they think is the safe route or the smart route in school because, oh, I can get a job with this kind of degree, but it's not really aligned with who they are either. So I would say, you know, as much as a resume is, a, is sometimes a nice first pass for those must-haves, in particular, when you're hiring from an entry-level position, it's probably the least important thing. Um, if you got a, if you got somebody who's aligned with how you want them to work and the values that you know you want to build and grow in your culture, it's probably a lot more important. You can teach people a lot of things as long as they want it. So at, at that time, right, when you're in the business world, you feel there's a cap to how far you can take it because the hindrance, I guess, of, of a passion of a music degree. So you have to go back for your MBA. I mean, was it how much of a debate was that of going, oh, I got to put the time to actually do my MBA now because that's the only way I can go forward. Was there any kind of debate? So let's 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 just put one more factor into this. OK, yeah, I've always loved business. Okay. Even when I was studying music, I was I started a record company. And, oh wow! Okay. And and yeah, I mean I I mean it wasn't lucrative, but I was like I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna be like Bianni mm -hmm. DeFranco, you know, like I'm not gonna go looking for. I want to do this. I want to be in charge. So I've always had that. I come from you know my dad's an entrepreneur. My my grandfather was an entrepreneur. Like that was never something that was ever really in question to me. Like if I'm gonna do anything, it's I'm, it's going to be mine. So yeah. let, let's just say that that's always been part of me too. But one thing that I always knew is you don't need an education to be an entrepreneur. You don't need right. an education to be a great salesperson, right? So that's not even something you necessarily have to go to school for. In fact, it's probably better if you don't. <laughs> you just got to go out there and do it, you know? Um, and that's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs learn very quickly is like, oh, yeah, sales. <laughs> if you know sales, you got a job, period. That's It's one of the hardest things to do. So great salespeople, kudos to you, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, always, I also always wanted to get a graduate degree. I just didn't know in what. So I wasn't just grasping at straws like, oh, this is something I kind of have to do. So I'm going to go get that ticket. It was like, I always want to go to grad school. Let's see if I can get in. You know, let's see if I can get into a good school, right? And then I want to be an entrepreneur. I'll probably make some good connections here and I'll learn about entrepreneurship. And maybe along the way, I'll, which I did, increase my ability to make money because all of a sudden I have this validity card. Again, do I think that that's true or right or whatever? Kind of doesn't matter, right? But yeah, I, I went into consulting to kind of dabble in a lot of things and see what what kind of stuck? <laughs> what did, did I enjoy? Did, in the end? did you know that, that, okay, um, I, I'm going to get my MBA and this is going to kind of guide me to consulting. Was that kind of an idea? 
I think I I think I went into it thinking more wanting to start a business that maybe, okay. you know, if I was looking to start something, I would would sort of validate that a little bit more. Um and also to have something to quote unquote fall back on, right? <laughs> People always, you know, always kind of put that in your head. Not that that's not that I subscribe to that anymore, but I think I did then. Um yeah, I mean, I I kind of went in not knowing if I wanted to go into marketing or finance or consulting. I think as I started to realize how little I knew about what I wanted, I realized consulting was the right place because I didn't want to get stuck in one any particular function in a business and then be like sort of stuck there. So one of the things that's so great if you don't know what you want to do when you grow up, right, <laughs> is to go into consulting because it automatically sort of bumps you into this place of, okay, this person's a problem solver. They're going to pick, they're going to sink or swim, you know, basically they're going to swim if they've done okay in the consulting world. And um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good path when you're trying to feel things out. And I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up half the time. <laughs> Who knows what I'll, what we're all grow, you know? Were, were you still working at that time while you were getting your MBA? No, I went full-time. I went to a full-time deal. Um, yeah, I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a, in a role where it, it sort of made sense. I was going lateral job to lateral job, um, mm. mostly entertainment and publishing, that kind of industry. And yeah, I just wanted to go full force. And I knew that if I went full-time, although the investment's kind of crazy, both in terms of opportunity loss and the actual cost of the program, um, I knew I would have more time to actually focus on the networking, go out and take meetings with people. People talk to you while you're getting a degree. The minute mm. that's over, they don't talk to you so easily <laughs> anymore. So I was like, I'm going to milk this for all I can. And then, of course, I worked, you know, I did an internship with PricewaterhouseCoopers over the summer and, you know, that kind of thing. So you have to vie for those positions and compete and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you think if you would have went in back into the corporate world before, I mean, actually, I guess from schooling back to the corporate world and then try to transition into consulting later on, you still would have done it? Or do you think having that cushion of going to school, doing the consulting, doing the internship made it easier for you to kind of start your own business? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's consulting as a, from an entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a, lot, I, a lot of people that I have on the podcast that they're in the corporate world, they're getting a steady paycheck and they have to give that up to actually start their own business. And that can be pretty difficult for some people. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did coming out of consulting, you know, it was a good paycheck. And I went mm. into doing consulting. Um, at first, the same type of consulting, the more of the straight ahead process improvement and org development kind of stuff. Um, I do, I actually really do think that spending several years in the consulting world before going into consulting in my own business definitely helped a lot. Because you're just going to be doing the same type of thing in terms of estimating and pitching and you know you're doing that stuff when you're when you're at a you know a man manager level in a consulting firm you're you're involved with all of that you know here's what the project is let's talk and figure out what they need you're you're part of the sales process a bit and so yeah you're estimating you're pitching you're collecting information you're answering questions off the cuff you know all that kind of stuff that is going to happen when you're an entrepreneur so um, I do think it sets you up a little bit more because you're constantly under the gun. And if anybody, if anybody in corporate has experience with dealing with the consulting firms that come in, you know, that it's 
some people immediately want to throw those consultants under the bus, like immediately. Mm. <laughs> so, you, you know, you're going to face that as an entrepreneur too, that you're going to get criticized, you're going to get rejected, you're going to get all kinds of stuff that um, it's a little bit of a, yeah, definitely a little bit more of a training ground than having a, a straight ahead, I'm a corporate finance person or I'm a corporate marketing person. Yeah. Cause you're part of the family there and it's a little bit, you know, a little bit easier to fit in and be part of the gang, so to speak. How, how long would, how long did a jump did it take you from being part of that family? Like you're talking about where you're working for someone else till you started your own business. How long did that, that idea of it actually happening to actually come to fruition yeah, I mean, I knew I had a client before I even jumped out of the boat. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew somebody was like, we need you to come over here. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll come over there. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, a forever thing, but it was enough for me to go, I can do this. And I, I know how to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, everybody does things differently. You know, everybody starts their business in a different way. Uh there's no right or wrong, you know, but some people are looking for a little bit of a, an a easier transition, I suppose. Right. So if you can prove out whatever it is you want to sell, it doesn't have to be consulting services. It could be a product that you want to sell. If you can prove out that you've got a demand, do that, <laughs> do that while you're still employed. <laughs> right. If you can, um, and then, and then move on, you know, was there any moment where you're like, maybe I made the wrong decision? Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> is there any entrepreneur that's going to sit here and tell you that they didn't have doubts about, you know, I mean, fear, worry, and doubt, the, the biggest issues ever in any, basically, even if you get a get a promotion, right, that stuff matters, you know, in terms of being successful, um, even if you're not an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, of course, there were times I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and then you have to let those let that fear sit and say, thank you. I know you're trying to keep me safe in this world and, <laughs> and just keep going because it's what you want. That's what I was saying at the beginning about being sure, you know, you're ready to do whatever it takes. It's something you gotta be something you want. You gotta want it. What, what do you do? I mean, cause I mean, some moments are difficult than others. Right. And sometimes it's harder to see exactly the path you're going towards. So, when, and you said you let you let let it soak for a little bit, and then you just kind of keep it forward. Is it having affirmations? Is it having a bulletin board of your a plan? I know young you didn't went with the flow and didn't have a plan, but now is it about basically having a plan? This is where I'm going, and in the low moments, I just got to keep pushing through. Yeah, <sighs> I wish I could say I was more of a planner. And it's one of the things I know about myself in terms of, um, well, I use Colby assessments. It's one of my, my natural ways of being is to be a little bit more improvisational. Um, not surprising that being in, in jazz studies was very comfortable for me, just mm. whatever came out of my mouth. But I do think a plan is important. So it, to that point, right, you may have some variability, but stay the course with something stay the course with something. <laughs> Otherwise you have no metrics. You have no idea what the heck is working or what's not working. So yes, you do have to 
set a direction for sure and have some things that you know that you want to do and that you're you're going to commit to. It's about commitment more than anything else. Not necessarily here are all the steps I'm going to do and I'm going to follow this exact plan to this exact timeline. And the other thing is make sure you have people to help you. You're not going to be able to do it all. Like for example, I have somebody helping me with certain marketing things who's a great planner <laughs> and a great tester and they know about A-B testing and sending me metrics, right? So you've got to be able to hire people who fill in for your gaps and mm. be ready to invest. If you're not ready to invest, if you're only looking to invest time and not money in your business, it's one of the worst mindsets to head into business with. Be ready to invest the minute you know you need something. Now, what's well, what's the process? I mean, and what's the process you use and what's the process you guide people to do? Because that's finding the right people, finding the right things to invest in, knowing you maybe invested in the wrong thing. Those can be very mm -hmm. difficult decisions uh, for any business. So how do you kind of go through that? And how did you learn? Yeah, you got to be ready to make mistakes, too. You can't, you can't, it can't be all perfect and tied up in a nice, neat little bow, right? That's just not how it works. If you're not, if you're not ready to potentially do it wrong, again, you're not ready to be an entrepreneur because you're going to do it wrong. <laughs> be ready to do it wrong and learn from doing it wrong. So that's, that's one thing. Um, but when you're talking about, you know, things like, and what are you going to invest in? I mean, yes, I could go all the way back to my business, you know, my MBA days and business, business plans are great if you're somebody who can really do it. And I mean, even myself, I had a basic idea. It wasn't like, you know, every last detail of everything, but knowing where you want to be and having that all mapped out, knowing how much money you're going to need and how many sales you're going to need to make, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it can be really valuable, right? That really, really valuable. But in terms of investing in people and hiring, and that's one of the things that I help people with, you got to get really clear on what you need somebody for. And that requires knowing yourself really well. Again, where are your strengths? Where are your gaps? Where's the expertise that you don't have that you need to hire somebody? Like one of the first things people know they need to hire and they get all up in a kerfuffle about is like legal. Yeah, you're going to need a lawyer <laughs> and it's expensive, right? Or like CPAs or, you know, those things like, you know, you don't do those things. You're, you know, you're going to need somebody. And if you don't get somebody now, you're in a lot of risk and potentially going to lose money on things. So, um, but there are some things that people just assume that they can bootstrap and do on their own, wear every single hat, and they're going to hate the, working in their business if that's the way they're going to go. So we have to work on what are the things as soon as possible that you can get off your plate and then how do we hire the right people? Um, and I say people in plural because you can't just dump everything else that doesn't fit for you on someone else because most likely it's not going to fit one person. So you have to really get clear on what's, you know, what are your priorities? What's the first thing you need to, that needs to go? Some people go with immediately hiring a VA to get those, you know, 10 to $15 tasks off their plate. I sometimes prefer to go with the expertise first, like the things that you, you know, the higher end people <laughs> that you need first, right? So it just depends on the business, the business need, you know, where your gaps are. All of there's a lot of there's a lot of investigation to do to really do it right. You said like being okay with failing, right? What was the biggest failure that you think you went through? 
Oh boy, the biggest fail. There's so many failures. Which one do I pick? <laughs> I mean, it's really the truth. It's constant failure. It's also constant success. You know, it's like you yeah. kind of look at both ends of that. Um, biggest failure. Oh boy, I don't. Um, wow, that's a really good question. I mean, I think part of it is the mindset piece is mm. waiting too long to understand how important it was to get my head screwed on straight, to work with other coaches, to, you know, particularly on the mindset piece, not just like execution, but I hate to say the word because a lot of people don't jive with this in the business world, but truly faith. Mm. <laughs> like your belief system, what do you believe is going to happen here is probably what's going to show up for you. Um, and I I kind of rolled my eyes on that stuff at first, like, oh, it's all airy fairy manifesting, you know, whatever. And now I'm like sold. <laughs> yes. What you focus on appears. It's true. I am here to tell you it is true. Um, you know, in the hiring, for an example, in hiring, you know, looking back on past failures, like, oh, I just want somebody who's not going to do this and is going to, you know, not complain about this. And, that, and you're focusing on all the things you don't want. You're probably going to hire the person that's going to complain, walk out the door, tell you they want this, they want that, you know, whatever it is, because you're focusing on what you don't want. So creating the new visions and continuing to up-level the vision of what what you want to create and, and believing in it, really believing in it. Well, what's your vision of Lead with Harmony? Where, uh, if we were talking in five years from now, where's your, what's your vision? Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, lead with Harmony. I think, I think really it's a matter of honing in on, on better, like sort of, I don't know, oh, this is a really, really tough question. Um, having like a, what I really want to do is, is, is create some sort of group thing. And it's a little cliche because a lot of coaches do group things. And I want to create something that's, that really works and helps because one of the things that I know about like the first mastermind group I was ever in is I'm still like best friends with half the people I was in that group with because they were such a good group of entrepreneurs. So I feel like that energy of like really creating something where people are creating a community, they're, they're creating like, if I need a resource across the other side of the country, I just had a call with somebody today. I, I got like three people I could potentially use because of it. So there's something really great about that. And I think that's sort of the next level of where I want to get in my business in the next however many years, maybe it's next year, I don't know, is something that I can enroll entrepreneurs in where, you know, they're, they're growing and they're also growing a team. And that's a really small subset of entrepreneurs, by the way. <laughs> it's about 19% actually have employees. Hmm. So um oh, wow. Yeah, it's a special yeah, sort of elite group. If you're one of them yeah. listening, congratulations to you. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, it's funny because I've talked to people on um, on the podcast where they talk about some people yo-yo, right? Where it's like based off their business, they hire the wrong people, they go, they get bigger, and they downsize again. And sometimes in the end, they just go, you know what? I'm I was that part of that 19, but I'm gonna stay part of that 81 because yeah. it's just too difficult dealing with other people. So it's it's a talent like you talked about, find the right people. Yeah, absolutely. It's an art form and also not giving up, you know, because that's exactly it. All of a sudden you're like, this is not where it's a revolving door. It's too much work. You hire the wrong people. It becomes more work, not oh, less yeah. work. And you want to hire people where you feel like you're doing less work. Um, the other thing too is 
people always want to lowball. Like, I don't know if I can afford, and it's not necessarily that they don't want to pay somebody. You know, I, th- I think they ideally would. It's just, they're afraid they're not going to be able to sustain that person. I've heard, you know, entrepreneurs say, oh my God, I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be able to pay this person. They're not gonna be able to eat dinner tomorrow night. You know, like it's like all of a sudden there's a whole new level of responsibility and yeah, it's, it's not easy, but I would say you get what you pay for. Even when you're, you know, when you're hiring, it's like, go for the gold, get the person who's going to do it because it's going to take it off your plate and your business is going to grow. It's It's a tough one to swallow, right? Scary. Thank you so much for, for being on the Roach Growth Podcast. Um, if someone's listening right now and they're looking, maybe, maybe they're scared. Maybe they need that help and they need uh, to give you a call. So what's the best way of them reaching out to you or hearing more information to see if they'd be yeah. a good fit? Well, I'll just say, you can just reach out to me via email. It's Andrea okay. at leadwithharmony.com. I'll give you my email. Um, my website is leadwithharmony.com. There is a free job ad checklist up there. So you could grab that and see if you're even close from, <laughs> from a job advertisement perspective. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn. I have a newsletter there that you can check out. Um, definitely follow me on LinkedIn, Andrea McKenzie, right there. Um, and another thing, is it okay if I offer something just real quick, yeah, yeah, please, a please, little freebie please. for everybody listening? Yeah. So just for the Road to Growth listeners, um, I have a special code to go grab an audio that I created. So going back to my music and audio background, I created a delegation visualization to get you into that mindset of having the most wonderful team. So it's a little sort of micro course with an audio and it's at delegationvisualization.com. And the free code for Road to Growth is Road to Growth, all one word capitalized. (laughs) I made it easy, Road to Growth. So check that out. See if it It, resonates with you. If you had a chance to talk to your younger self that, uh, this is the last question, but your younger self that was building that production company, that music production company, do you think you could have helped them get to the next level? Oh, Oh, the music industry was in such flux back then. Um, yeah, I do. Now now I do. I, I think yeah. especially, well, especially my future self, because I'll know, I know which way the music industry went. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, here's where you go. <laughs> um, I was in the, I was in the nineties, the late nineties, which was like, you know, we didn't know mp3.com doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, it was like, we didn't know what the heck was going on. So yeah, I think, especially if I had all the knowledge of where things ended up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was still like paying to record in studios and people I could, now I record in my, my house, you know, and do tracks Uh, right here. You know, it's a whole other world, whole other world. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for, for being here today. Hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets. If uh, if you're watching us live uh, on, on YouTube or Twitch or Periscope, one of those platforms, we were a tad bit late. Um, but if you're listening to the audio, you have, you're not the wiser, so it doesn't really matter for you. But hope you got some great, great nuggets here. Heard the flow. I mean, you kind of tell. I know uh, Andrea, she's talking about that when she was younger, there was a flow to it yet. And then there wasn't actually a plan. I, I'm reading to the lines. I really do feel like she has some sort of plan and she has a <laughs> schedule. She hasn't mapped out. So, I mean, just because you were one way back then doesn't mean you have to be that way today. 
go to where your passion is, go to your goal is. And if your passion is music, but you have a love for entrepreneurship, then incorporate them together. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.